Welcome to another Sunday experience at Resurgent Church. Each time we gather, whether it be online or in person at Resurgent, our mission is to see hearts revived, relationships restored, culture reformed, and nations reawakened. Today, as you listen, it's our prayer that something within you comes alive to the things of God, whether it be His great love for you or the good things He has planned for your future. We hope that you enjoy today's sermon. This is the air I breathe. It is so relevant to us right now, for everybody, but especially for our black community, our brothers and sisters that are walking through some incredible pain and being triggered by some things of the past. Do you know as a church that we are here to sit and rest and help in people's pain? And so I know what's been happening around the world is triggering lots of different people in lots of different ways. But can I say as a church, we are here to be a house of healing and a house of hope that brings heaven to earth. And so our posture at the moment is just to be there in people's pain. We all have a testimony. We all have had experiences. And right now we're giving time and breath to those in our community that we love dearly, that we stand with, that we don't completely are going to understand all that's been happening. But pain is pain, and that's where we can connect together. And so I appreciate going on this journey with us, specifically this month, as we take moments to really stop to pause to listen and to speak into from the gospel. My wife has got an incredible message that I think only she could have really bought today that's going to help all of us to breathe. Because I know that everyone is experiencing different pain, different moments and challenges through this time. Even as we open up, even as we see our own cities and our own nation begin to look at next steps, let's take time to listen, to learn, to open our hearts, to be open to the Holy Spirit, to breathe fresh air. And I really believe this is going to help you today. We're listening. There have been a few times in my life when I've found it so difficult to breathe. And at the expense of sounding like we are centering the narrative on our own experiences, I do believe it's important to acknowledge the collective grief and generational trauma triggers of all of our personal experiences as we lean into what is happening across the world and very specifically dear to our heart in the black community of our resurgent family. And this is actually not wrong to first have to listen to what is going on in your own heart via the interpretation of your own experiences. This actually is the doorway to compassion. Not so you begin comparing or scaling the trauma, but by tapping into our own experiences, the collective pain we're acknowledging is being triggered does make room for us all to attend to our own souls so that our own soul 
can make room to house other people's pain in a way that actually invites freedom and unity. Otherwise, what I know in my experience as a pastor, as a, in my therapeutic work and as a coach, I do believe and know that trapped trauma and pain in our own bodies and souls will block the ability to truly sit with another. So let me say one more time. There is no comparison in the, the stories I will share to the injustice of being suffocated to death by someone who is meant to protect your life or the breathlessness that so many of our black family have experienced, they say, every single day as they walk out of their homes. However, soul work is not only the responsibility of one group of people. Soul work is the responsibility and important for each of us right now so that we can deeply sit with one another and move forward together. We have formed this beautiful team around us at Resurgent. It's a multiracial advisory team that it wasn't hard for us to look around for too long in all our leadership spheres in our in our local church context here in Montreal. But we decided within a week of hearing this global cry for justice that we would immediately stop and listen to learn and then learn how to lead. And so we're doing this so closely right now with this team as we listen to stories that had not yet been spoken in our context and in our community and as pastors to us about such deep, painful experiences. Because what is happening as we listen and we lean in is we are all looking for the fresh air that we can breathe together. The weariness and the reserves that are in people right now would very easily risk misconnection and miscommunication just because so many people have lim limited resources and capacity in this moment of their life for the compassion that truly is theirs to be invited into. For Andrew and I, the only thing we knew how to respond to everything going on from leading through a COVID crisis and then leaning into uh, so many of our own community here at Resurgent Church after, of course, in posturing ourselves in prayer, and trust me, more than, than even usual, we had to really stop and do a stock take on our own soul. And really, we know that as leaders and even as individuals, as good neighbors, as parents right now, that it is only out of the heart health of our soul that we really can actually respond in any way that would offer a safe place. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for out from it flows all the springs of your life. Another translation says, Guard your heart with all diligence, because out of it flows all the issues 
of your life. The psalmist in Psalm 51.10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Psalm 73 says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. We know that heart health is crucial to our life. Luke in the Gospels, Jesus says in the Gospel of Luke 6.45, The good person out of the good treasures of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We want to encourage everyone in this season to attend to matters of our heart and the state of our soul. We actually cannot authentically answer the question, how are you, unless we really can do a stock take of our soul. One of our team on this advisory team was saying, it's like a mask that we're encouraged to wear right now when we go out and it might be helpful and protect us and protect others, but long-term masks are not the solution. Health is the solution. So today we want to encourage you to take the masks off and go face to face with the real you. Maybe you haven't done that yet or for a while. And one of the ways to do this is to do some hard soul work so that you can breathe this fresh air of the kingdom that all of us are craving to breathe together. And maybe today you've taken a deep breath, but you're hiding behind the busyness of life, survival mode. You know things are going on around you and it's all hazy and your reactions are reactions and not responses. And for as long as you hold your breath, you feel like you can continue to just survive. But if you open your mouth or try to breathe deeper, you're gonna fall apart. Or maybe some of you are right at like a, on a mountain and so the, the challenge of newfound responsibility is like putting pressure on your lungs. Maybe breathing is getting shallower as you get higher and higher in your climb of the mountain and the challenge that is facing you. It could be sickness. It could be a financial challenge. It could be a relational mountain and you're wondering, do you have anything left in you to keep climbing? And whilst your world might spin out of control right now, there is still a whisper that would be saying to you, just take one breath at a time and even give yourself permission to grieve in new ways. And for others, you are in pursuit of a goal. You have, you're using this time and there's opportunity before you and there's a goal that you're in pursuit of and achievements that you have your heart set on. But for you to last the distance, you need to find a new rhythm and a new flow and a new way to breathe. And to our black community of resurgent church whom we call family, your experiences of breathlessness we cannot share all of these in common because we've not experienced this type of pain generationally or present racial injustice. But you yourselves, as you've drawn so close to us during this time, you've asked us as your pastors if we would give you some practical tools that we can use together to learn how to breathe. That's what you're saying, like teach me how to breathe through this. 
Teach me how to breathe into my future. Teach me how to breathe into together so that we're not triggering one another. And so today we just want to offer four ways that we believe all of us can learn to find fresh air to breathe in for our souls. I'm going to go right back to the beginning in Genesis 2. And it says this, So now you see how the Creator swept into being the spangled heavens, the earth, and all their hosts in six days. On the seventh day, with the canvas of the cosmos completed, God paused from his labor and rested. Thus God blessed the day seven and made it special. An open time, it says in the Passion paraphrase, an open time for pause and restoration, a sacred zone of Sabbath keeping, because God rested from all the work he'd done in creation that day. Verse 4, this is a detailed story of the eternal God's singular work in creating all that exists. Just pause on that for a moment. Then it goes on into verse 7 of Genesis 2 and says, One day, the eternal God, now it gets detailed. One day the eternal God scooped down dirt out of the ground, sculpted it into the shape we call human, breathed the breath that comes, gives life into the nostrils of the human, and the human became a living soul. The original word there is nepesh, and it means to breathe life. And at this point, we believe this is where the human body meets the divine spirit. And at this point, we believe this is where a soul was created. The divine breath and the sculpted earth coming together to make up a living soul. It's distinguished from animals and the rest of creation. And here God gives the answer to what is being human. It's this breath. It's the breath of God that was breathed into these human bodies. And we genuinely believe that unless you get right theology of creation, you cannot ever place value upon humanity in the right way because our theology impacts every single day our practice. And it's only when we write our theology that humans we're born with the breath of God, that we can then write our practices. And this also produces a pathway between us as we learn together. This is not your own unique pathway for fresh air. This is a pathway we get to step out on together. And so we just have a, a four movement uh, contemplative prayer practice uh, that's been developed by the author of a book that was really transformative for Andrew and I over the last few years. It's called The Road Back to You, and it's really understanding your personhood and this, this soul realm of our life. And this kind of practice just helps us wake up to these moments where we've fallen into default and we've um, actually fallen into unhelpful patterns of thinking and feeling and acting often associated with moments like this in our life. It's another way of being able to answer the question, how are you? Because if someone once sometimes asks me, how am I? And I just want to say exhausted. I would love to just stop and get a little bit deeper with my responses so that I can really experience true community and actually say more than just exhausted or good or busy, or all the different one-word responses that we can 
give, but often it's because we really don't know how we are. We actually don't know what is going on in our soul. And so here's the four steps for you. Stay with me, take some notes if you can do that today. And they actually make up the word snap. S is for stop. You know, the first part of the scripture in Genesis 2 talks about the power of a pause. In fact, all the way then through the Psalms, if you've ever wondered where to locate yourself emotionally and find an emotion in the word of God, you find it in Psalm and there's this word sailor and it often breaks up like this, the verses of a Psalm. And the, the Psalmist is often saying, uh, pause, sailor means pause and calmly think on that. And God's rest day when he created the planet is actually a model that he put in place for humans. So what does stopping look like for you? What does this practice look like? Well, in the, in the spiritual practices of uh, this, a way to breathe fresh air, the stop is actually as regular as hourly. Or every four hours in this practice, the author talks about putting a notification every four hours that pops up on your phone, reminding you it's time to stop for a a few minutes and just give full attention to what God is doing and what is happening in your life at that moment. Well, is that easy? In a frenzied, goal-oriented, the... the, the stress and the striving and the pace we're at, even pausing for a few minutes to switch off autopilot and consciously come home to ourselves and to God is a practice, is a discipline. When we stop, he encourages us to take four or five really deep breaths, ground yourself in your body, return to the present moment, Close your eyes, scan your body from the crown of your head to the tip of your toes. Soften any tension you encounter along the way by breathing into it. And the purpose of this step is to simply come back, come back into your body, back into your mind, back into your heart and bring an immediate awareness back to what is going on. You can do this at any moment. You get an email, you want to react, just stop. You hear something, you read something, you want to repost, you want to attack back, just stop. You feel overwhelmed and don't know how to take your next step, stop and breathe. You feel pain like you've never, ever experienced before. Your heart is racing. Stop and breathe. This kind of stopping, for example, requires attention and intention. Those people that are full steam, take charge type of people are not going to like this moment. Others might find stopping all too easy and fall prey to distractions even when they're stopping. But just switch off autopilot and come back home to yourself. This is the power of stopping. There's three more parts of this practice 
We're going to go through them quickly. N is for notice. Stop and then notice. Psalm 139 verse 23 says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. That is not a test like a, a, a we measure up. This is a, a test. Are you good? How are you? And notice what's really going on. N for notice. Often we get swept up in this rush of our daily activities that we don't even notice what is going on to observe them and learn from our reactive behaviors. This full stop is where we come home. But when we come home to ourselves, then we've got to notice what is really happening here. What's happening around us. What's triggered us. How are we relating to people? How are other people responding? What is the default reactive behavior that we've learned or adopted and we're just noticing it's happening again and again? Are you frustrated on the inside? Are you angry? Are you in pain? Are you hurt? When it comes to matters of racial injustice and the pursuit of equality, some people may notice they've held a deep down zero-sum philosophy where equality means less for you. It's in this practice of noticing that you're really non-judgmentally possibly discovering things about a mindset or how you were brought up or beliefs that you had and you are starting actually to notice ways that you didn't even realize were happening in yourself and they're so subtle that until you stop you don't notice when defenses are so high we don't notice quick enough what is going on but whatever you discover make sure when you notice it feelings thinking doing in the moment that you do so non-judgmentally notice with grace Notice with kindness, no labeling, analyzing, criticizing, or trying to fix anything yet in this practice. You're noticing. And the compassion for yourself is actually then what leads you to compassion for others when you just notice and sit with what you're noticing. The third posture and practice in this SNAP principle is then to ask. This is where you start to assess and ask what is going on. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. It's like a reforming. This is where you get to ask good, critical questions of yourself because the ask will probably be one of the keys to your soul work. Now that you're spiritually awake and present to what is happening and you're noticing what is happening, ask yourself a few questions. What am I believing right now? How does it make me feel? Is it true? What would happen if I let go of that belief? What anchors, another A here is, what anchors do you have? What's truth and what's a lie? What scriptures do you just um, immediately anchor yourself in and ask? Are you anchoring yourself or are you actually being swept up with fear, with what the enemy would love to do is divide right now? 
What is truth? What have you anchored yourself in that when you're becoming self-aware, you've still got the ability to come back to that truth and that pillar? So how would my life change, you want to ask, if I let go of the belief that I've noticed I'm carrying? What would happen when we stop, notice, ask some crucial and critical questions of how we're feeling and believing, what we're believing, and then lastly, from that posture, P is for pivot. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. P is for pivot. Andrew talks often, often, particularly in um, for challenging situations or addictive behaviors, he'll often teach about on-ramps and off-ramps. Where do you give yourself permission to pivot and take an off-ramp? Where do you need an on-ramp? When your mind starts tracking and you start um, moving a certain direction, how can you move off that ramp and pivot? In the process of moving through the stop and the notice and the ask, you've exercised self-awareness and self-observation. And now there's a choice that you get to make because you're making it not out of a reaction, but out of a response. You're disrupting the defaults. And in the pivot, what we begin to do is we actually throw away the usual scripts that will lead to the certain behavior and we create these on-ramps and these off-ramps. And it interrupts, when you physically behave differently, it interrupts neuropathways in your mind that have just been tracked out like train tracks. And the pivot is an incredible opportunity to carve out new pathways. Once you change a behavior, you actually change your response that's happening in your mind. This is so powerful friend for our life. We respond, we email differently, we pick up the phone. Andrew's got this new revelation for things we're not always getting right right now, especially as we just discover and learn together so much about what is going on with racial injustice across the planet. But as he's listening and learning, he's using this word. I sometimes, even with family sitting around a dinner table, we've just got to reverse. Just back up. Give yourself permission to back up and not keep going down the same highway that you're going down. And that word reverse just feels so powerful for our pivot. You can't just necessarily always swing. Sometimes you've got to back up so you don't end up on that highway. The reverse is a powerful part of our pivot. And I wonder, friend, if reverse is very much, this pivot is very essential to the really deep soul work that happens when the Bible talks about repenting. I know that for so many people that don't understand what repentance is, it actually means a change of heart and a change of direction. Repentance is true repentance when the heart has a change and it then impacts the way we behave differently. And true repentance is head and heart work that comes ultimately because we get given 
a new spirit, a brand new spirit, brand new created spirit that now allows our inclinations and orientations to change. Romans 2, 4 says this, do you show contempt for the riches of God's kindness, his forbearance and his patience? Do you not realize that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? In the message paraphrase, it says, you didn't think, did you, that just by pointing a finger at others, you would distract God from seeing all your own misdoings and from coming down on you hard? The hardness is not because he doesn't love you. It's because he desperately desires you to be exactly who he's designed you to be. It goes on and it says in the message, or did you think that he's such a nice God that he'd let you off the hook knowing that your behavior is going to lead to your destruction? So think on this, the message translation says, think it through. God is kind, but he's not soft. In kindness, he takes us firmly by the hand and leads us into radical life change. Fresh air, friends, that we can breathe together and individually. It starts first when inside you is the breath of God that you welcome to give you a heart of flesh and turn that heart of stone into a heart of flesh. This is the gift of salvation. So we do our snap work on our own life. We do it for our soul so we can truly answer, how are you? We do it about beliefs. We do it to learn and to change and to transform again and again and again. But ultimately, the deep, deep soul work starts when your spirit comes alive to the things of God. So if you say today, I've actually never, ever experienced what we call the gift of salvation, where God offers you forgiveness for your sin and a future full of hope, full of purpose. Then today, friend, I want to ask you if I can lead you in this prayer, this prayer of repentance that acknowledges your need of Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. And in one instance, the Bible says, you find salvation. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, the same way that out of the abundance of our heart comes all the issues of our life. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, the Bible says in Romans, you are saved. If that's you today, I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to lead you in this prayer and you can actually acknowledge on the online platform of Resurgent Church that today you want to pray that prayer or you can write it in the comments if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube. But let me pray with you and for you as you press that button or raise your hand or literally incline your heart and open your mouth to pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for loving me, for dying on the cross for my freedom. I ask that you forgive me of all of my sin, past, present, and future. Give me this brand new heart. Breathe your breath of life and salvation into my soul.
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Congratulations. That is the best decision you will ever make, friend. We are so glad that today you would lean in with us. And to everyone watching, those who call Resurgent Home and those from all around the world, will you continue to do the hard work on your soul? Would you snap and use the, that, that um, practice anytime, anywhere, any place? Because I'm telling you, it will change the trajectory of the pathway you are often going down. And I believe then ultimately we take each other's hands and walk all of this out together in Jesus' name. We love you. How good was that message? I told you it was going to be a brilliant one. And one that I think many of us who know my wife will know that that was going to be best coming from her. I really pray it touches, it touched you, that it really speaks to your heart and helps us all to keep moving forward together. Can I just say it was never meant to be us and them. It's us together holding hands, linking arms, walking this out with the example of Jesus and the Gospels to bring heaven to earth. So thank you so much for listening. I pray it really touched and helped you. And as we transition into our, our giving moment of our church, I want to thank you for staying committed to this vision, for staying committed to this community. Yes, the Bible says to be obedient. And the Bible does talk about our relationship with him and how when he has our hearts, we're always ready to freely give. But I want to thank you also for having a heart for our community. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave. I love that because it gives us a model for our whole life. He gave first. I love the scripture that says before we could ever love him, he first loves us. So I want to thank you for your faithful giving, especially throughout this season, building our community so we can keep reaching out, bringing heaven to earth. Part of our giving is going to be going towards this great organization that Lauren, with one of our leaders, Jade, is going to explain that I, after reading and seeing what they do, am so impressed and so inspired by what they're doing in our community in the West Island. And so out of your giving today and throughout this month, we're going to be partnering with this organization to really just help them move forward in this time that has been a challenge because of COVID-19 and keep raising up and releasing the black community in our city, which we as a church are so committed to, always have been, and even more so. So thank you for your faithful giving as we continue to build what Jesus has called us to build here in this city together. All right, so I am here with Jade, who is just has been phenomenal on our team, has been a part of our team. She serves in our youth, and she's just part of our key team here. And we're so excited for this giving initiative that we're doing across the month of June. And really, Jade has just been such an integral part to this connection for us. And so today, we just want to ask a few questions so that we can better understand what this partnership with Resurgent Church means. And so we are going to be partnering with an organization called WIBCA, and that is just the abbreviated term. So I'm actually going to let Jay share a little bit more about this organization, who they are, what they do, and maybe just share a little bit about how they started, because I know that that's something interesting. Awesome. So I'd be happy to. Thanks, Lauren, just for taking the time to do this. Um, so 
um, uh, Pastor Vanessa reached out just with the mission of putting our giving into the Black community organizations that are, you know, on the ground and grassroots in our city. And for me, like as a community worker, I'm very connected in Montreal with the Black community, but had no idea like what this looked like in the West Island. So I put on my investigator hat and just, you know, connected to all my people and I'm like, there has to be something happening in the West Island. And lo and behold, we've discovered the West Island Black Community Association. So they are doing just phenomenal work. Even in this season right now, they hosted a town hall um, where community workers, judges, social workers, the mayor, people came to have a conversation about like what change will look like in the West Island and how that's an important conversation to be having. Um, so I got to have a conversation with Kemba Mitchell and she'll be sharing more with us in the future, but she gave me a, a very big picture of what this organization is about. And they actually started in the late 80s um, to give Black youth a productive way to spend their time off of the streets, actually, so they could be safe from things like police brutality. Wow. Um, since then, they've evolved uh, and have like just such an array of programs from after school programming and Saturday morning tutorials up to youth engagement and mentoring programs and just supporting other community initiatives in the West Island. And then even as far as teaching seniors how to use, I think they called it senior surf, teaching seniors how to use the computer, <laughs> uh, fitness classes for seniors. And what really stands out to me is that it's all volunteer based. I think they have nine board members. Wow. And these are people that are all volunteering their time to bring this into the community. And I think that just shows um, how valuable this kind of organization is. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And then something I want to highlight also is just, um, it was really cool because for me as one of the youth leaders and having, you know, black youth in our church, I was like, cool. So like the youth of the West Island can go to these programs. Like this is going to be awesome. And so I really just like the opportunity to bridge community. Yeah. And Kemba was sharing with me that since COVID has happened, you know, all of their overhead finances are really struggling. Like yeah. support from our church is going to be so meaningful to them because they don't know how they're going to keep the lights on when we go back to the new normal, let's say. Wow. So, yeah, yeah I, can that, I think that's it in a nutshell. No, it's amazing. Thank you, Jade. Honestly, I can imagine just what this is going to mean for us to be able to partner with them. And um, it sounds phenomenal. It sounds like they have such an array of different things that they do, serving from youth all the way up to seniors, which yes. is fantastic like I love that so much and I could imagine just what that might feel like for them for us to partner with them so maybe share just before we close out just a couple more minutes on just what the vision is behind our church really partnering with them in this way because of course we are um, partnering financially but I know that it's probably it is actually just so much bigger than just financially so mm. share a little bit about what our vision is for that sure so, well, the short term and immediate, like you mentioned, would be the finances, because of course, if they can't keep their doors open, then the, the journey won't go that far. But also um, to be able to bridge our congregation 
um, Black members of our congregation mm -hmm. and the Black community in the West Island to know, in fact, that you're not alone and that there's more than one place that you can call home. You can be at home at WIPCA and you can be at home at Resurgent and vice versa. So I think it really is about building and bridging communities because we're such an awesome community and they seem to be such an awesome community. So why not? Right? Yeah. I and love this is really, sorry, this is just really, you know, beginning, um, really beginning phases. So I really imagine that it could be so much more that we just haven't even begun to imagine yet. I know. I could imagine even just what, yeah, what this partnership can look like in the future. So, so excited. I think it was such a God connection, like mm -hmm. all of it, even for you, Jade, I know it has just felt like such a God connection. And I know for pastors, Andrew and Vanessa, it's felt that way as well. So thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for your time and just sharing a little bit more about the heart behind this organization. And um, I know Resurgent is really excited to part with them across June, so. Absolutely, I love this. This is my happy place, so. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're awesome, Jay, we love you. And we love you, church, so. Ciao. Bye. How inspiring was that? Come on, let's pray around our giving. Father, I just thank you right now. But God, you have got this. You understand all of our anxieties, all of our stresses, all of our fears and concerns. Father, I thank you that, Lord God, as we prioritize your house, as we give into the future of our community, God, I just pray protection over people's lives, over people's finances, over people's families, over their health. Father, in every area, may they prosper. Lord God, I thank you that you are for us and not against us. You are with us every step of the way, that Jesus you died for us, rose again, so that we would have the confidence to know that, Lord God, you are with us. And Holy Spirit, you were asked to stay with us, to empower us in every part of our life. And so I just declare that over every single person, never forgetting the heart of the Father, that he so dearly loves us and that we can go to him at any time. I just declare your faithfulness over every single person in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our sermon series. May it stir faith in your spirit and hope in your soul. If there is any way we can help you as a local church, then don't hesitate to reach out to us by contacting us at hello at resurgentchurch.ca. Follow us on social media to get the latest happenings in the life of our church. And be sure to also check out our website at resurgent.church.